Welcome to the Hold the Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. If this is your first time listening and or watching, in this sometimes short-form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. So join us as we prepare to execute the Hold the Maneuver. All right. You got to you gotta go to Arizona, don't you? He'll be back. Don't worry. Hello, welcome back. It's a long walk. I bet. Hey, hey, Audie. Welcome hey. Hello, to Audie. the Holo Maneuver Podcast. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Okay, so I guess before we get started, I got a little joke I need to ask. What is Thrawn's favorite form of measurement? Mm-hmm. One, no, two, I... skip a few. <laughs> no idea. The imperial system. Of the night. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So this week we have uh, Mr. Audie Norman, artist. Artie, Audie Norman, joining us. Uh, this is his handiwork right here that you may have seen in every single episode that we've been filming. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, so, yeah, kind of continuing our theme of having lovers of Ted Lasso uh, talking about Star Wars uh, with us. Uh, we're slowly in, indoctrinating uh, Mike <laughs> into Ted Lasso, too. He, he is the, the Bo-Katan of this. He, he's accidentally joined a the cult of lasso yes bring it <laughs> i was told there's free cookies that's why i showed up yeah just like the dark side biscuits <laughs> we call them biscuits okay oh, yeah, yeah. i forgot it's english <laughs> right and you have to and you have to share them with the boss mm-hmm. um but well then i quit <laughs> yeah so this week we're gonna be talking about the newest episode of mandalorian season three episode seven chapter 23 the spies uh but yes. before we get to that there was, yeah, that's a lot of numbers. Uh, there was uh, some news out of Celebration. Mike and I uh, talked in length about the Ahsoka trailer. 30 uh, minutes. But, well, 30 <laughs> minutes. 30 minutes stretched into about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, but with some of that what that was released there, there was a few other things uh, that we wanted to talk about with, with the audience. As long as, as far as also getting like your thoughts on the Ahsoka trailer too, uh, so one of the things that came out of celebration was they released that or said that there's going to be a new film with Ray uh, at the forefront of it, leading a new Jedi Order that's set 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, what do you guys what are your guys' thoughts about that? Like Audi and then Mike? I think it's super interesting to bring Ray back into it and have it be Daisy Ridley coming back to Star Wars. I think with all the ways that the fandom has handled 
the sequel trilogy in all those different ways. It's really interesting that they're coming back to Ray and bringing her back to do this. I mean, it's logical considering the way that um, it ended with the last movie that yeah. who else is going to do this? But I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if all the stuff that is happening all over the other Star Wars properties leads into that at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's super interesting. I would, I think like a lot of people, I would really hope Finn would be brought into this somehow, but yeah, I don't know if oh, they're yeah. doing that. And I don't know if he wants to do that, you know? So Not yeah. as of the last time I heard him interviewed. Right, exactly. So um, we'll see. How about you, Mike? I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I guess it's like Audie said, makes logical sense. It's what they did. It's, it's. She was the one who has all the information, and mm-hmm. so it makes logical sense. The sacred uh, texts, exactly. Right. They didn't burn in that tree. Uh, obviously, now we have confirmation of other Jedi still around who could join her uh, new cult, if you will. <laughs> Um, we, yeah. I can't imagine they won't bring people we've been seeing all these series in. Yeah, I've so. seen like some theories where people are suggesting, like around the timeline that this stuff, like that movie would take place, uh, would be Grogu would be like ninety-one or something at that point in time. Um, so that possibly maybe he'd show up and he'd be there in Ray's New Jedi Order. Uh, so that could be interesting. Um, because the the other thing that they talked about, which I guess I'll kind of segue into it, was that Dave Filoni is also going to be directing. I guess, like they had said, or like John Popper said, like in a interview recently, like they didn't have like a planned kind of like series finale kind of idea for Mando at all. Uh, but. Uh, but this seems kind of like they did, and he was kind of like holding that card for the, the time being. Whereas uh, Kathleen Kennedy also said that it's like six or seven years away, this like finale movie that Dave Filoni is going to be directing. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be like the culmination of Mandalorian, uh, Soka, Skeleton Crew, possibly, Book of Boba Fett, like all will kind of culminate and climax in this like Mandoverse finale film that they're going to be doing. And I'm, I don't know if that's going to be released theatrically or not, because that, that could be interesting too, where if like the entire, like Mando and all these other shows are like strictly Disney plus TV series. Uh, but then when they make this film, that then they release it theatrically, I think it could do really well theatrically, uh, but that would be kind of an interesting thing to have like the shows their entire round be on Disney plus. And then the film be a theatrical kind of distribution. Uh, well, isn't Disney in the boat where they're only giving any titles 45 days any in the theaters anyway? I think that was it for a while, at least as far as like a lot of stuff, at least for like MCU movies. Although like for some of like the more recent like uh, like Walt Disney Animation Studio films, those sometimes were like a month later, like with uh, Encanto and uh, Strange World, like literally a month later, they were on Disney Plus. So I thought Strange World came over quick. I guess I missed its theater release. 
Yeah. I feel oh. like it was like theater and Disney Plus almost instantly. Yeah, it felt quick. And that whole timeline is squishy now. I mean, yeah. I think they held fast to it more when we were all in COVID and trying to figure out when we were going to see a movie. But now that we're out of that and, you know, theaters are open and stuff, it's just like around 45 days, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. And I, I'm excited for that movie, too, and, and to see Dave Filoni get to do like a like a full length live action film with it. He kind of deserves that too. After you know, like seven years of the Clone Wars and for sure Re- four years of Rebels and now Ahsoka, like and the, all the mm. co, basically show running mm-hmm. Mando with Jon Favreau, and he I can wrote, s- co- he co wrote this episode this week too. So I can see them putting it in theaters to recoup some money. Yeah, I can't. I don't know how the, they they make money off the streaming stuff outside of subscriptions. So yeah. Uh, and then, like, even that, like, I saw Bob Iger even recently talked about, like, there are, he is talking about possibly, uh, like, some of the shows, like, getting, like, a physical, like, copy release. Mm. So, that, that would be another form of revenue for them, too. Because, yeah. like, I know for myself, at least with, like, the MCU stuff, I'd like to be able to place them into where they sh- should be, like, in my collection up there. And then also to have, like, Mando with my other Star Wars stuff, too. Yeah, so. I'm I'm almost surprised they haven't done more physical releases of these shows. Yeah. Uh and I, I know like that used to be like they thought that like hurt the subscription base because like if you can if you have it physically, you don't have to have a reason to keep your subscription anymore at that point. But I don't know. And like other shows that we talked about, I would I hope eventually like say like Ted Lasso gets like a physical release after that's done on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Netflix has done some of their shows on physical release, like uh, like Stranger Things has had some of their seasons come out, Umbrella Academy, uh, and like a I few others. Yeah. Sometimes they've been exclusive too, like Target had like those like VHS kind of looking right. like sets for Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Um, so, and they don't like readily promote any of this stuff too. So you have to like, search be like is umbrella academy on blu-ray oh yeah it is Hmm. so um yeah it's it's interesting with some of the stuff too and then the one of the other films that they announced was uh james mangold is going to be he's doing the fifth indie movie that's out uh or will be out later this year they released a new trailer for that that looked awesome and then he's going to be directing a the prequel the prequelist of prequels Hmm. and that it's set 25,000 years before the Phantom Menace. And he said he kind of wanted to do a, a Jedi movie by way of like, uh, like the 10 commandments or uh, like Ben Herwert's like a, like this huge, like kind of epic, epic, like biblical epic, but like within like the Jedi texts and like the, the founding of like the force for the first time. And all this, which sounds like a really cool idea, mm-hmm, um, for sure. And I'm not sure, like, what all they'll do with that. Maybe, but it's, there's like plenty of possibilities of what what they can do with it. So I, I'm very interested to see uh, what will come from that, and just exactly what all will happen with that. Cause I like some of the stuff they're doing, which like going back in the past like that with like the high Republic and then like the acolyte 
Um, so kind of going even further back than mm. like where we saw like in the Phantom Menace. So definitely curious to to see some stuff like that. What do you got? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Like the James Mangold movie? Oh, I'm on board, especially with him doing it. Like just just him doing it and just having another voice doing Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, just seems Agreed. really cool. And having them go so far in the past just feels like about time. Like <laughs> we keep trying to build off what we know of Star Wars. Like, let's go back. Like, you know, we've got all the history of the books that got swept away. So we're not trying to keep in line with those. Some of the stuff that a lot of the the story, some of the Star Wars video games that have tackled the previous eras has been really interesting. So to see them go back so far and just have some fun with it, I think will be super interesting to see. Don't worry. Palpatine will be there. I'll be there. Lord help us. (laughs) Somehow he returned to the past. Yeah. But he let us know in Fortnite first. So, Mm. yeah. Christopher yes. Lloyd was just in an episode. I mean, there you go. That's he is, true. He is the man. DeLorean. Emperor, it's your kids. We gotta do something about your kids. <laughs> your grandkids. Uh, and then, so, the the last, like, big thing they talked about, although, side note, too, with the, the movies, was that uh, Kathleen Kennedy also said that, um, Tego TD's film had been like slow to fruition. Um, and that was pretty much like <laughs> watching the all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, can't ask them to be in it because <laughs> they they were already in it. So so, so don't ask Hugh McGregor. He was in a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> uh, but the the last like like big big thing was uh, the Ahsoka trailer. Uh, and then, so Mike and I already discussed this a little bit, but I would like to get your your thoughts on the Ahsoka trailer, Audie. Oh, I thought it was great. I, it's so interesting to see characters that we've seen animated now done in live action. And it seems like they have really, for the most part, nailed the casting of those people mm-hmm. and done a great job of bringing them into this live action world. Because, you know, with... um rosario dawson as ahsoka we were all all of us and you know watching that mando we're like yes that's awesome wasn't she like the dream choice on the fan base oh for sure oh for sure i mean she's incredible and just was it boss logic i think he did like some he did like art like way back of like her like as Mm -hmm. uh, as ahsoka and then i think maybe dave filoni saw that I think that's what she said in like some interviews she did at Celebration. It wouldn't surprise me. But then especially seeing Sabine, because I think that's that's a character, especially with the Mandalorian stuff going on. Everybody's like, where the heck is Sabine? Why is she not in the middle yeah. of all of this? And I feel like this is where we're going to get it. She's driving a bus in Auburn, New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was our childhood bus driver's name. Oh, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a deep cut. Auburn, New York <laughs> reference for all of our our listeners that went to elementary, middle, and high school with Mike. No, I I Twenty five years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and so that's 
before we get into talking about Mando, that's something that I'm wondering if maybe uh, like any possible maybe kind of segue connections of what we'll get in the Mando finale that'll kind of like lead us to August for Ahsoka where maybe Sabine shows up in the finale as like part of like another sect that comes in or just as herself, I guess. Uh, and the the other thing there too, because we'll talk about this too, is like they showed Thrawn in that trailer or the they showed the back, back of his day. ears. Um, and then they did confirm, I think like the next day that it was going to be uh, not still, uh, what's his name? Stellan's? Lars. Lars. Lars, yeah. Um, Lars, Lars Mickelson. Mickelson, yeah. Yeah, who did the voice on on Rebels too. So yeah, yeah, he'll be coming Stellan's back. Skarsgård and he was in uh, yeah, Andor. Was, yeah. Yeah. I had I had a uh, had Andor on the brain there. Uh but yeah, so I I am very excited for Ahsoka as well. Uh and then and when it comes to uh, Lars, like yes, he does the voice. If you have not seen when he was in Sherlock, you know he's going to be able to pull this off live action. Like, I forget the character he played, but it was like, inc- like, incredibly menacing, and it was just like giving you chills whenever he's on screen. So it's like, oh, I can't wait to see him in blue makeup yeah. as Thrawn. What is with so all the blue mean- people in the movies lately? So many Mickelsons in the the Star Wars universe. Yeah, if he's if he's half as good as Mads, we'll be all all set. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about that. Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, but segueing from that, uh, that's where we'll start talking about this week's Mando. So we're going to be talking about the seventh episode, the penultimate episode of season three, titled uh, Chapter Twenty Three: The Spies, uh, which is directed by Rick Famuyama. And he uh, it was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, and it premiered uh, yesterday, uh, the date we're recording this on April twelfth of twenty twenty three. And the brief synopsis for it was: Survivors come out of hiding. Yeah, they do. They're so <laughs> informative with those synopsis. Yeah, I, this is the kind of like a, a thing that I like nowadays, where it's funny for like the synopsises that we or synopsi that we get for different TV shows that are trying not to spoil the episode you're going to watch. Whereas like, I remember ones for like walking over is like Rick walks somewhere. And that was like the thing, or like there was like one for like stranger things or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like even in that where it's just like 11 goes to the mall. And that's like the synopsis for it. I mean, it's, it's, in that vein, like as someone who just clicks next, watching everything, I don't yeah. read the synopsis. So I was going to say the same thing. Like I don't even bother to read the synopsis when I'm coming to watch this episode. I'm just like, play, 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 play. Stop yeah. giving me menus. Play, play, yep. play. That's just get it. No, now. Yeah, I almost think like with like the synopsis that they give you for a lot of this stuff, like nowadays, is almost almost kind of like a bygone thing. Like that would have been like in the TV guy scroller. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the preview channel, <laughs> it is nice to, and I also almost try to avoid them too, like on uh, like platforms that where they do dump the entire season in the first day because I feel like if your it eyes, all the at, time. if your eyes accidentally like 
like fall down the screen slightly from the episode that you're about to watch just having that page open to play the episode you're going to watch is a spoiler because you might accidentally see and it says oh in episode six this such and such going to be like oh so i guess they're alive you're binge watching so, all wrong I'm, well i'm not <laughs> the, thing, the thing is i'm not trying to look at it but like my peripheral vision can see it they're like just bringing up the page it's already on you gotta so, be quicker than that you gotta yeah train your eyes not to look at that crap but uh too many years of working at blockbuster trained me to watch and <laughs> look at things differently especially from how many times i saw trailers play over and over and over and over <laughs> again within a, a work shift i've figured out like how trailers are edited in such a way where you know like what part of the movie is being shown here in this part um so yeah. it's i can usually tell what the end of the movie is like within a trailer nowadays mm. just by watching whatever it is well, trailers <laughs> do that half the time themselves yeah. so yeah i hate going to regal because like before the movie they make a commercial with stuff from the movie oh man and it always <laughs> includes like stuff you haven't seen yet sorry so someone else wants to be oh jeez. <laughs> hi sylvie she agrees Hello. okay okay <laughs> Um, so, okay, Sully, for anyone <laughs> just listening to this, my dog is a attacking me with love right now. Um, so didn't make it any better. So the opening for this, uh, what were kind of all like your initial thoughts on this episode? We'll go round Robin with Audie first, then Mike, uh, and then myself. Okay. So this was an interesting one. It's. This season has been really interesting how it's like they bounce to stuff really quickly and then they take their time with stuff. And I feel like they did that with this this episode. Like I feel like the first the first episode of this season was like bouncing all over the place to bring everybody together and they go ahead and do that. And then they started taking their time. And I feel like this episode was kind of bouncing all over the place so that they could take their time for that final battle at the end of it. Um, but I still thought it was interesting, all the things that they did, um, all the things we're learning about who's in charge uh, on the Imperial side and what they're wanting to do, what's happening with all these Mandalorians, and then uh, having that clash at the end. How about you, Mike? I kind of echo a lot of that, especially the part where they like they bounce around just to get to the big battle in the end. I believe in our notes I mentioned like all these problems they've had this season have seemed inconsequential in the amount of time they're being given, <laughs> just to get to a, a gunfight of some fashion. Which I get it; that's the the exciting action part. So, and then this season has been a lot of world building, so it's been slow and it's been like what's going on now we kind of understand with all those revelations that came from celebration but this i i was i loved everything they did in this episode i thought it was a great setup for the finale that we're gonna get a lot of questions to be answered next week the cliffhangers that we got like the, the ig12 thing was just hilarious <laughs> so i was i was i always love good comedy in star wars yes 
That was just that was my favorite part. Just him in that suit, just living it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would echo again both like of what you guys said, um, and just like on that too. I I have some thoughts about the IG twelve thing, um, which yeah, definitely have some thoughts about that. But yeah, I, overall, I liked the like the pacing for this episode. Uh, the cinematography of this episode was really good too. I liked all, like a lot of the shots that we got of this. Um, he did a really good job with it. And he's, I th- he's had a lot of the episodes this season too. So I believe he's also going to be working on Ahsoka. I think I saw that he was announced as one of the, the directors for that too. Um, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked, I thought the writing was done really well in this. And I have, uh, many thoughts about like this opening thing too. So I guess we'll kind of just go from there too. So this opening, we have Moff Gideon uh, is informed by Elia Kane of the Mandalorian's intent to retake the planet. And this whole like opening sequence too, like with like the, like the rainy Coruscant, uh, we've, we've talked, I think a couple episodes ago, how about like how it felt very Blade Runner-esque. If that, what we said before felt Blade Runner esque. This feels more Blade Runner esque, just because of like all the the rain, the neon, like in this futuristic kind of looking city. She's even like wearing almost like a like a duster jacket with like the huge mm-hmm. collar, like Harrison Ford is wearing in those movies, or Ryan Gosling's wearing in twenty in the Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, so I again like I liked all that cinematography, like in these opening shots, and then we get her talking with the, we have the reveal of her talking with Moff Gideon, uh, which I think most of us knew, like, yeah, was... he was, he was definitely still alive. We just didn't know oh, yeah. like the, the extent to what it was. That uh, was the consensus. And then like, he relays this info to the shadow council, which is like a group of Imperial remnant warlords, which we've kind of been hinted at during the season two, which uh, were like the, the people that destroyed Bo's castle mm-hmm. Um, and like these other rumblings of like warlords that were like doing other stuff uh, throughout the galaxy, right? Uh, and then I saw that one of the the warlords here is uh, Domhnall Gleeson's brother, uh, who is supposed to be playing General Hux's dad, essentially in this scene too. So I don't. Huh. I don't uh, if you go back and watch, I don't remember. I'm mean, like, if you look at the characters, he's kind of like wearing like the same kind of like uniform General Hux wears in the First Order. So, I mean, and they don't like call it out right. in the episode, but like if you go back and like look at the casting, and then I guess um, it's been released like further that like that character is supposed to be the dad of General Hux from the First Order. So I think that's kind of interesting how they're like like laying these little like blood. Uh, not blood crumbs and bread crumbs. Although that is, I guess, blood crumbs to like, mm-hmm. that sounds gross. Uh, but uh, as he's walking to that shadow council, too, he's walking by like all of these kind of what I'm assuming are like these like clone tubes mm-hmm. or like Palpatine <laughs> yeah, or versions of Palpatine, like or Snoke, right? Mm-hmm. Clones of Kino Loy. <laughs> Well, That's I'm assuming life. the dark troopers there are clones, right? Or whatever he called them. 
That I'm not sure because I I want to say that when they introduced the Dark Troopers, I think it was the end of season one. Or no, the end of season two. Those are all. I don't think those are even like third like droids. I believe. Okay. I, like they yeah. were like. I just assumed because they were so interested in getting the professor's work, and then you saw the tubes, that the army he assembled was clones. Yeah. But. Which is I, funny because he like, kind of played it off in his speech to them. It's like, yeah, we know clones, whatever. It's like when he's secretly doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everyone's like playing games like against each other here in this. Mm-hmm. They're all bad guys, but they're all bad guys to other bad guys. Too. So now in this too, he also requests like reinforcements from them and questions Captain uh, Pelion on the absence of Grand, Al- Grand Admiral Thrawn, suggesting that the council should choose a new leader. So I think, Mike, you also had a note about this, too, like with the Ahsoka trailer. Yeah, I didn't know if the timing this. of the trailer was ruining the reveal in this or if it was always like planned that that trailer was going to come out before this episode. Not that we know the answer to that. It's just a, came to mind. Yeah, and it could be interesting. Like I suggested, maybe that Sabine shows up next week. Mm. Maybe Thrawn shows up next week, too, again, to like lead into Ahsoka. Because I'm pretty sure that's the next uh, like live action series we get. Because we'll get Visions in May, um, and then I don't think then then I think the next one after that is Ahsoka in August. But well, and I think for us Star Wars nerds, it makes that line so much more interesting because we know Thrawn is coming hmm. because of the Ahsoka trailer. But here, he's like, "Where's Thrawn?" And we're like, "Wait, so Thrawn's not here yet?" <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and we had that uh, in season two with with Ahsoka too, where she, like she was looking and name dropped Thrawn in that as well too. So mm-hmm. we know he's kind of like been out mm-hmm. there in the the perif. Right. Um, it'd have been kind of funny to see him like riding one of the space whales in the the premiere with with Ezra on, on the back of one of them too. Um, but. I th- I liked this whole like opening sequence too, and I thought, I mean, like it was interesting. And you don't really also know where this base is, at at least at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so spoiler alert, we do know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By by the end of the episode, you see that it's on Mandalore, which is also interesting. Um, and like how long they must have had to like build the stuff out there. Because uh, it, it looks like it's been set up for quite a while. And well, has, you know, when did they encase Mandalore with that emerald stuff? I don't recall like the exact like year, but I I know it was like just recently, like post or was it like still well, like while the Empire was happening? I right? don't remember. Yeah, because the Empire did it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was at least sometime within like the past five plus years or so since it's like this is like around five years post Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi. Um, so uh, so they've had it, I guess, at least at least five years to build that build that out there, um, which 
like the the next thing we cut to from here too is the reassembling on Navarro. We see Bo-Katan uh, unites the the Mandalore clans and prepares like a recon party to explore the surface of Mandalore. Um, and what I thought was kind of funny here too was like as like that ship is flying in, and uh, Groove Cargo's uh, protocol droid is like, ah. Oh, like saying that it's like an imperial ship he's like well that is imperial ship but it's been reclaimed right and then you see like this huge like mythosaur that was awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) like nice paint job there yeah i i asked my wife i was like how long do you think it took to to paint the the mythosaur decal on the bottom of that and like how many like mandalorians were like flying around on their jetpacks underneath it right like Mm -hmm. spray paint did sabine do that She's good. She's good with some spray paint. <laughs> but that's like one huge stencil that you had to put on that too, because that's they like don't really, need a stencil. It's like really clean freehand like lines on that. Yeah, that's that's why they have droids. True. Yeah. Unless you get them drunk on those weird nano droids that Doc Brown was mm-hmm. giving them last time. <laughs> right. But uh, like here too, prior to leaving, Grief Karga presents Dinjarin with not IG Eleven. IG-12. They rebuilt... Oh, squeezy! <laughs> also, that Azulin has definitely has PTSD. <laughs> yeah. And I'm probably touched by Rogu in, in that episode. <laughs> but, yeah, like, this whole... So, like, this IG-12 can be controlled by Grogu. He essentially has, like, a, like a Zord or else, I mean, we we get a kaiju later in this because so we don't we have a like a megazord for right, and mm-hmm. then a, like a, a kaiju megazord. later on. Um, but I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna remove you for a minute. <laughs> it's I've been watching a lot of Voltron. We'll just call it a Voltron. Right. A megazord. Anyways. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Um, no. But <laughs> yeah, and then we get that. Uh, which which is the gift that keeps on giving because now it gives us sound bites that we can use in this too. Uh, but it, does that count as Grogu's first word, even though he's not saying it? He's got the intention behind the right. word. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. And it was funny because it was definitely like, then like a parent and a mm-hmm. child thing where really Din was like, no, like no to your no. Right. Like this, mm-hmm. this isn't going to work for me. Yes. Get out of there. Yes, what? <laughs> Yeah, and like that whole thing. So before we get into more of what was funny about that, I thought it, I thought it was kind of weird though too, because like I put this in my notes for later on, like that Grogu's essentially driving around IG 11's corpse. Well, more or less. Yeah. Like, like, or think of it in like terms, I guess, of like, uh, like Crane. Yes. From Ninja Turtles. Definitely saw that comparison on Twitter. That's kind of like that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 so much like Zola uh, from like Marvel, but it's definitely like a little tiny being like controlling like a big Android thing. Maybe maybe the the progy loving alien from Men in Black, <laughs> right? <laughs> you you like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're so, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> And like when they're leaving here too, like like Grogu kind of pulling a little bit of like a Abu from Aladdin, where he's just like 
or like Jasmine Ruiz, like, I don't know that you have to pay for this stuff. I'm just grabbing it. <laughs> right. That was just it. funny. He just he grabbed oh, oh, oh. like and he just yeah. grabs that fruit and like squeezes it and like I'm, gets it in that dude's eye. <laughs> I'm tall enough to grab stuff, so I'm gonna I know. Grab stuff. <laughs> Even though he has the force, he could just like bring it to himself mm-hmm. and see him do it. And is Din not feeding Grogu like that often? Because like I feel like Grogu's <laughs> like always starving. Grogu's a child. They eat all it's the true. time. Yeah, he was eating the candy on the on the table before the the husk mm-hmm. of IG Eleven came in, uh, and then he wants some soup. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean but he, he gave him soup. Yeah, like he had to like stop him from eating frog la- lady's eggs mm-hmm. previously. Like that dude Grogu will just eat anything, mm-hmm. so you got to watch him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Like from I mean, here, if about... you think back to however many episodes with um, what's his name, Ahmed Best rescues him. Oh, Collar and Buck. Yeah, maybe he brought him to Naboo, and Jar Jar Binks just taught him how to be mannerless and eat whenever you want. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was just trying to grab like a random apple with his tongue. Mm-hmm. Yep. How wooed. Uh, yeah, so like from from here too. After um, Bo brings everybody together here, we get a group of people that are going to go down to the the planet of Mandalore. So like in Mandalore, we get the group meets up with another clan loyal to Bo-Katan. Uh, like so, the armor goes down there. We got Woes uh, goes down there. Basically, everyone who deserted her for not having the dark saber goes down there. Yeah, basically, everyone, all of the the Mandalorians that have had screen time this season are the ones that went down to the, mm-hmm. to the planet. The ones that have talked uh, or have had screen time are the ones that went down. Before we get to that, were they roasting those raptor babies on an open fire? Oh, were they? I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, if you go back and look, flying thing. I didn't think of think about it being the babies, but I was like, oh, tear it out the barbecue. I was like, did they just literally destroy the foundlings that they we thought were become Mandalorians? These foundlings, these foundlings aren't working out. We're just gonna have to <laughs> make. Some. Speaking of not feeding Grogu, and <laughs> I mean, they could have just sold him to to Moff Gideon. He's got a good chicken restaurant, so it's true. It did yeah. blow up. Several times. Uh, yeah, so this was interesting too. I liked this kind of like shot we got, which was kind of like this like solar, um, like spaceship, like on the planet, which felt reminiscent to me um, of from Rebels. There was there's an episode in that where we we come across like these like three older clones that are kind of like on essentially what is like a like a boat or like a sailboat, like on like like this desert planet, mm-hmm. and that it's it's in the same vein. Like that's what it reminded me of in my my head, but it also kind of reminded me of Count Dooku's like solar ship that was in space in uh, Attack of the Clones that we saw there, just like on the actual like ground. Mm-hmm. Of the I expected to see Johnny Depp at the helm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I did kind of like like these like piratey kind of raggedy uh, like looking like Mandalorians that 
they're on essentially kind of like a like a mando pirate ship just you know mm-hmm. surviving at, and they, they didn't the notice nothing that the empire was building didn't right. notice a thing <laughs> or so they say because right. i mean this episode is called the spies uh now i have my own kind of assumptions on who at least one of the the spies is i've been saying it all friggin season mm-hmm. who i think it is uh I mean, it could be more than one. Like, but that, that well, would... it was spies plural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But none of them said doctor to each other, so they're not spies <laughs> Spy? like us. Spy? Spy? <laughs> but yeah, so like this this whole sequence I thought was interesting too. Like with them, at, because like this group meets up like as they're like basically sailing across the um, across the planet. Uh, Paz Vizla and Wolves are basically playing like Mando chess mm-hmm. or like a version of it. And then they start sparring each other. Uh, and I like this conversation that like Bo and Din are having where like neither of them, neither of them can really like break it up because then it shows like favoritism towards one or right. other of the sides. Um, so then Grogu goes in and says no with his, his, Hold on. his, his sweet sound bites. Essentially, what he does, just mm-hmm. like... and I was like, "Oh, you, you, you taught your, um, your son well," and he's like, oh, "I didn't teach him that. You didn't learn that from me." Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, I, I like this whole sequence there too. And although I guess wouldn't it technically Grogu be be part of like technically be part of like din and like the armorers kind of sector of them so it's still kind yeah, of technically but it's interesting that both of them respect Krogu yeah. when he comes in between them mm. enough to stop fighting yeah you can't hit a child yeah or yeah or they're just not like big enough douchebags that they're like oh we're gonna hit we're gonna we're gonna punch this kid in the face they're not like uh jason sudeikis was right <laughs> yeah only he can do that as, as the, the scout troopers smacking Grogu. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like this whole sequence was interesting. And then, like from like while this is happening, like like the ground starts rumbling and like this huge thing, like kaiju-sized <laughs> Godzilla, know, like beast thing, like yeah, like comes up from underneath the ground. And at first, I thought that was going to be the Mythosaur. And like, I think everybody did. Yeah, and like I was like, oh, okay, so is Bo gonna like ride them in the store here and like tame <laughs> it or something? And um, no, it's just ride a, it. just like a random, always a bigger fish. Yep, kind of thing. It was then, so it was so random. Yeah, like this thing's encased in that emerald stuff, and then chooses that moment to strike. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they get, they got away from it pretty easily too. Right. It was just. I don't know why it was just random to me. It was cool, but random. Yeah. Like, what was the purpose? The, Bonding. The, the the plot demanded that the ship get busted up. True. And they have yeah, to go underground. So that's how they got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So then, from here, uh, the uh, Bo admits that she surrendered. Uh, to Gideon near the end of the Great Purge. Um, this is going back a little bit. Um, hoping that the Empire would spare the Mandalorians. So, and then 
after that, after the the kaiju attack, uh, the party finds the Great Forge, but is ambushed by Gideon's enhanced uh, stormtroopers, and Din Djarin is captured by Gideon, who reveals his intent was to create a new army of dark troopers. Mm. Um, so I saw uh, uh, a meme for this recently. I was like, if I had a nickel for every time Din Djarin's been captured this season on The Mandalorian, <laughs> I'd have I'd have two nickels, uh, but it's weird that it, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Mm-hmm. Although, didn't it happen three times in this season? You know, he got captured by that steampunk robot thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he tripped and fell. That didn't really count as being captured. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I guess, yeah, it was only two times, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. So we'll talk about that a little bit more here soon, but like this, I liked this whole sequence here too. Like, as they're like fighting off all these dark troopers underground there, um, and like they work together. Like, uh, Vizla gives cover to Wolf so that he can make it out of like that like small like little exit hole mm. out of the, the cave. Um, Credit help, yeah. And then like, uh, meanwhile, like during this too, uh, the armor is bringing back some of like the injured. Mandalorians that they'd found. I lost track of her, so I'm glad you said something. <laughs> on the planet, like back up to like their seized ship, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, and also also seemed like she volunteered for that like a little too quickly, especially because I feel like she would have wanted to have like the most like stakes or most desire to see the Great Forge, considering. Mm-hmm. She's the armor, and like that's like her. Whole oh yeah, and she opined bag. for it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, so I thought it was kind of like interesting that she's just like, "Nah, I'll go bring them back to the ship. You guys are good. You'll be you'll be okay." <laughs> Wink. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, and then who do you think made all that armor for him? Like, come on. Yeah, that was on. Uh, I did see that as like another note that you had too. Um, so. Here, like with this, like uh, Moff Gideon, like attempts to kill like the remaining Mandalorians, uh, but Bo-Katan uses the dark saber to make an escape for the group with Paz just like forever. By time, yeah, like I thought it was like, why wasn't she just using that on the dark troopers before the door came down? I mean, I don't know, I guess they're like Paz just said, there was like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And she's she's not a Jedi, so she can't be like there, like you know, just like deflecting like, all the shots with it. <laughs> <laughs> like she's good with it, but she's not like maybe it doesn't do that. It. Yeah, because it is slightly different than other lightsabers. Um, so, like this, before we get to like the the ending of, so what did you guys think of like this whole kind of like sequence of events, uh, like within like the Great Forge and like the like the cave area here? with Moff Gideon and the dark troopers mm-hmm. and everything, um, Audi and then Mike. Well, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, I liked how it was like, they immediately hear jetpacks and like, it's like the Mandalorians are specially tuned to hear jetpacks or, you know, jetpack flying wherever they're coming from. Yeah. Um, as soon as they started chasing them back further into the cave, even before they got to Moff Gideon, I was like, this is looking less like a cave and more like imperial 
hallways. What what's going on here? And then the reveal that this has been a secret base for Moff Gideon was just like, oh, holy crap! Mm-hmm. Like, and just seeing how much Moff Gideon has a hard on for Mandalorian stuff, and like to the fact that he made his armor to be like a Mandalorian. It's like the Mandalorians will continue in me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Cause it, it feels like the way they've been using Gideon almost felt like if they weren't going to bring back Thrawn in any way, he was going to be the kind of Thrawn here. But the fact that, that we're going to get Thrawn and Moff Gideon acting the way he is, I'm like, this like just his ego now already makes me think they're setting something up where he's going to come to blows with Thrawn and um, that's not going to end up well for him. Right. Yeah, um, Cause they even have kind of like that same kind of ideal where like they're uh, very intrigued by um, like whoever they're going after is like culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's like Thrawn's whole thing. Like they do that a lot in rebels with like him and like Hera's, uh, like family and like her culture and and whatnot and like his like whole thing is like you get to know your enemy or like a culture by like their art. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's almost kind of like what you're saying. Like is like Moff Gideon is like he almost respects the Mandalorian so much that he wants to be a Mandalorian, but he doesn't want there to be any more of them other than himself. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, like in what you were saying too, like even like his helmet is even like reminiscent of it looked very close to the armorer's helmet mm-hmm. where it had like the the Maldalorian <laughs> type like uh like horns on it too. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. But yeah, no, I like I, go what ahead. you're saying there. I was just saying I, I agree with, with Audion. Like uh, maybe it could be interesting if we see like maybe like Thrawn versus Moff Gideon, because we already see like all like the Shadow Council doesn't agree with one another, anyways. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna echo the point. Like the second I they went into that room, I was like, "That's the Death Star," and I was like, "Oh, it's a trap!" Like mm-hmm. it's a trap, and it was a cool little standoff. Um, one of my favorite little things they did was have uh, Paz's gun overheat and jam. Because I just remember stories my grandfather would tell about being about World War II. He was a gunner on a ship and how he used to get reprimanded and punished by his commanding officer because they'd always have to change the barrels out on his gun because he'd fire him too much. So it just reminded me of that. Um, was kind of upset that Grogu was even there because what he do besides break up that fight? Right. Like Din's getting captured and he didn't feel any emotion towards that. I feel like missed opportunity there. For sure. To have him like force throw a bunch of people. Yeah. But otherwise it was it was a lengthy sequence. It could have been cut back a little. Especially uh Paz's death scene that was very drawn out, in my opinion. Uh, it didn't it lack some emotional for because you can't see his face, so it was anyone's face yeah but. Uh, i did like that scene though too like in like kind of like how they did that like where he was just like like basically sacrificing himself so that, mm. like the rest of them could get out of there uh, and then you could kind of see like how that was already like affecting bo as far as like she's like 
oh, like no, I don't. Mm. Um, but then, like, like, like what you're saying, like, as is like his gun like overheats, like he basically starts just using it as like a club. So you mm. you got mm-hmm. you got your armor hammer time, few, yeah, yeah, a few episodes ago with hammer time, and then you got now you got him like beating people with his overheating gun. <laughs> And then, like, we have, like, these new, like, uh, like, royal guards. Well, they um, were in, uh, didn't Ray defeat a bunch of them? Yeah, Praetorians. Yeah, yeah Praetorian guards. Like, they looked similar, but a little bit different. But they had, like, these, like, new kind of spears that were kind of in the same idea as, I think I said this an episode or two ago, but kind of, like, in the same idea as, like, those spears that, like, Grievous's kind of, uh, yeah, like guards head. It's not mm-hmm. like the same exact thing, but it has like this kind of it's, it's similar, similar energy. Yeah, like an evolution on of it, it almost. Like because the Praetorian guards in the Last Jedi, like there's their energy was definitely solid red. You know the right. You know the Empire red. So this being like more of a purplish maroon felt felt like. That evolution from Grievous's mm. guys and their their sticks that they had that could go toe to toe with uh, lightsabers. Okay, um, I feel like we've seen those weapons before though, and I don't know where to justify my feeling, but like these exact versions? No, just like that style where they got the electricity on the outside and they're just like clubs and shit that you people hit each other with. Yeah, I think it's. Well, because there's also like the another similar thing to it is like the like the first order trooper that mm-hmm. calls uh, Finn a, like a traitor, and it's he's got like that like the club that like kind of like turns mm. around. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the similar of. energy on it. Mm-hmm. I think like all this stuff's kind of like in that like like it would be like in that same line mm. of weapon, I guess, uh, just with like the similar kind of energy on it. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's how the so the episode basically ends with with Vizsla sacrificing himself. Din is captured at that point, and the rest of uh, the armor is going back to the ship with the the Mandalorians that they found, uh, and then Bo and the other Mandalorians are basically making making an exit. And I'm assuming going back to that ship as well too. But I'm not sure how because the armor already left with that ship. Mm-hmm. So, which I, again, like I said, if if, she, if she's very sus as she's been this entire season, that's like a, that basically cuts them off from being able to escape mm-hmm. the planet from there. So well, that's where I think your uh, Mythosaur prediction comes in is they're in the mines, they need something big. So, yeah. So, so that's so that's where the episode ends. But so, with our closing thoughts, what are like some of your your favorite moments from this episode, uh, the spies? So, go with with Audie first, and Mike, and then I'll close that out. Okay. First off, I really liked the Shadow Council and getting kind of confirmation that there is a Shadow Council of Imperials. Um. It, it kind of lends more to what Carson Teva was saying. What was it last episode that there's something going on and I just, we, we haven't pieced it together yet, but I have, I'm afraid that once we figure it out, it'll be too late. And it's like, you're onto something here. It is. Um, so that uh, again, going back to 
the Imperial ship with the big Mythosaur paint job on it. Oh my gosh, just that image. Beautiful. It was quite the image. Um, and as we keep talking about Grogu and the IG-12, and, you know, I love that they still keep Taika's uh, voice of IG-11 as the yes-no. It's like, yes. what kind of residual check does he get for that? Yeah. I don't know. That's I hilarious, asked, though. I asked my wife, I was like, do you think Taika's still getting paid? For this, with all these yes nos. Oh, I'm sure he does something. It, it probably falls um, in the vein of a sampling. Yeah, so no. But then, and then, just Din's reaction to it all is just like, "Oh my gosh, you stupid kid! Why?" Do I... <laughs> you know. Um, and then, um, and then also in the suit, how some of the Mandalorians are ready to immediately grab him and fly him wherever they need to go. It's just like, mm -hmm, okay, fly. Yep. Um. But even before that, the little conversation Din had with Bo-Katan when she's sitting there oh, yeah. just like lamenting, this isn't going to work. And he's like, it's got to work. I mean, this is our history. And if anybody can do it, it's you. Because I've seen what you've gone through and I respect you and I am with you. And just that that one line of your song is not yet written. I will serve you until it is. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that's romantic in any way, but at the same time, it seems incredibly romantic in the classic sense yeah. of, you know, literature and stuff. And it's just like, Dad, gummit Din Djarin, how can you be so dang good? <laughs> um, and then just Paz freaking Vizsla taking on everybody um, at the end, get, letting them get away. Um, and one other thing I've got to say is uh, Katie Sackhoff, good Lord, can that girl act in a helmet? Because you hear the passion of her saying, no, you've got to come with us. Nobody is dying here. And he's like, bonk, hit the thing. No, <laughs> somebody's got to die here to make sure everybody gets away. Um, and this I think the first time they didn't just shoot the door closed. Like every other yeah. Star Wars thing, they shoot the door closed. Mm -hmm. But again, Paz Vizsla, like it, it feels like him as a character has had this small arc of getting better and better, even though we had the stupid fight on the boat. Um, just him just taking out troopers right and left when he knocks one down and just throws him off the cliff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, like we said, his gun overheating and just them physically showing you how freaking hot that gun is with every mm -hmm. shot and getting super orange and everything was so much fun to watch. And then him beating the guys with it. And then when the Praetorian guards come out, it's like, okay, little shield, little knife. I don't care. I'm <laughs> going to do what I can. Like, I wish he had at least gotten at least one of them somehow, right. you know? But, yeah. That was a nice ending for him. Yeah. That's, I echo majority of that. Um, I do think we're going to, like, I was expecting to see the Mythosaur again. It's too big of a plant to not have a payoff, whether it be this season or next. My thought is there's going to be some dissension after this little fallout. Like, this, I don't know whether it's going to be led to believe that Bo led them there to be slaughtered or something along those lines where half are going to split up and then she's going to need to get this beast out. Or she's going to go to the bathing waters and like the beast will help her. Or something's going to happen with the Mythosaur. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. The ship with the skull painted on the bottom, I didn't expect that. That was just cool. I always enjoy 
when they showed they did it in Andor and they did it here where the Star Destroyers are like in the atmosphere just flying above the planet. I just love that shot all the time. Yeah, and then they you get like more of that sense of the scale of the ships in yeah. relation mm-hmm. to other stuff because you can't really do that as much in space because it's just kind of like yeah, I've been, space. I've enjoyed like that's something they started with the sequel trilogy and kept it going in the series is you see the destroyer and the ships on the ground more. Not you get to see the scale mm-hmm. of what they built. Uh, there's so much unexpectedness in this episode for me. I enjoyed that because like the previous ones, they've done so much world building and backstory buildup. I was just like, okay, what's, where are we going? Like I, where's, where's the central story that we just keep abandoning. And this was all like kind of starting to pay off. And then with the announcements coming out, I understand now. I just, I'm still confused why Grogu did not use the force to help at all. Mm-hmm. Except break up that fight on the ship. Like, don't understand. Do you have any others? Is... Nope, I'm done. All right. Okay. Trying uh, not to sneeze. All right. Uh, yeah, you have the force within your your sinus. I got something in there. Uh, yeah, some midi chlorians in there. They're trying to get out. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like. Like I pointed out earlier, I liked the the rainy chorus not feeling kind of like Blade Runner uh, opening in this. Um, still have w- kind of weird feelings about Grogu driving around <laughs> the IG-11 slash 12 corpse, which that naming convention is interesting too because we met IG-88 in Empire Strikes Back. So are they just assuming that there, that there wasn't already like an IG-12 android somewhere i guess um well wouldn't the the babu fricks know aren't they like all knowing for droid stuff yeah i guess <laughs> or they're just like i don't care um but, uh yeah i liked um so yeah i'm i can't wait until the next episode until i'm vindicated on my <laughs> my See? season this long. is we're releasing them all at once you'd know already yeah but there's no fun in that because there's plenty I, of fun in that. Then I don't get to hold on to this feeling for two months <laughs> and then have have this release of like, yes, I was I was correct. <laughs> I called it two months. You ago. still might not get it. I think you're right, but you still might not. We'll see. Uh yeah. but yeah, she's she's yeah, she, she's she's one of the spies. Because this episode was called The Spies, but they also didn't tell us who the spies were. You just kind of have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And so that should be interesting in the next. I feel like they're almost going to call it out, like in the first scene of next week. Yeah, it'll be pretty quick. I think she's going to lead that dissension I was talking about. Yeah. And so, like, we also, uh, you had also brought up, you're like, who do we think, like, forged, like, the mm-hmm. best car armor for Gideon, too? So that leads a little bit more credence to the armor doing that stuff. Uh, and then like the other thing that I've been kind of mulling around too, is that like they took Din and captured him rather than just like killing him there. Like they did with Vizsla. So and it late just leads me to think that like Gideon's got some other kind of plan for Din 
Clothes. Just because of, yeah. Or maybe uh, just because of like their past, they've already had. Or the other thing, because they had set it up earlier in the season two with like Kershing, or not Kershing, Pershing, um, and with uh, Aliyah Kane, like with the whole like mind flare kind of thing with like him having his his memories kind of. Mm. Someone's away. getting flayed. Yeah, so I feel like that might possibly they might possibly do that to Din. Uh and that that's a way to kill him without killing mm-hmm. him. Um cuz then it kind of like severs that connection that like he has with Grogu at that that point but Grogu still has that attachment and connection to him and then the, I guess they could kind of set it up so that like season 4 is like they've already kind of had it this season where like Bo is like she are like Katie Sackhoff has has like second billing as a series regular this season so they could almost like set it up where like season four is Bo with Grogu trying to get Din back if for whatever mm-hmm. reason that's not resolved by the end of the finale next week so I think that could be an interesting kind of twist to the story there that if, if they do that to Din that could be Something Give him bad. some chainmesia. Yeah, they'd have to take off his helmet to do that too. So then people, everybody gets. To I see have a feeling that you're going to see him with his out his helmet on again next episode. At least at least one time probably. every season. Mm. It's probably like in like in his contract that like I have to show my face at least once <laughs> within within the season. But yeah, I think so. That will wrap it up and do it for this recap of The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 7 for The Spies. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the and recapping the season finale of Season 3 of The Mandalorian, which uh, looking forward to that. It's uh, going to be a long week. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have to see how long that episode's going to be, too, because sometimes they've kind of been leaking the, how long the episodes are. And I want to garner my expectations appropriately to what the uh, runtime is for the episode because that runtime is usually also including their credits too so right after wager that in uh but uh if you guys are listening to us on as just the audio podcast version you can leave us a review on spotify or apple podcasts uh there helps us out helps other people find us too um we're also here on youtube so if you're watching this definitely like it do all the things comment subscribe if you're not subscribed there's a reason people say all this stuff in the videos it's because mm-hmm. you, you gotta get yeah uh but you can find us on social media at hold a pod uh twitter instagram facebook uh we're also hold a pod here on youtube too uh they can find mike and i on instagram and twitter as well too all the stuff's in the show notes uh and then where can they find you audi uh, mostly at uh, Twitter and Instagram these days, the Audie Norman. Nice. And Audie is below an, his face. An, an awesome mm-hmm. artist as well, too. So he, he, he's done this, but he also does a bunch of other awesome art, too. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of it uh, is, is Ted Lasso themed, or at least at least in the past years. Uh, mm-hmm. been, yeah, I've definitely uh, done a lot of Ted Lasso stuff, so kind of fell off of my Stuff I was doing earlier this year for health reasons, but um, yeah, a lot yeah. of Ted Lasso stuff. And, and Audi does some of his own podcasts as well, too. So definitely check those out, too, especially if you're a fan of the, the Highlander. Yes. Uh, 
another another thing with a um, uh, a mystical. There can only of... be one. Yep. Yeah, I've been doing that with my buddy TV's Travis, and uh, the name of that podcast is Let's Watch Highlander. Um, <laughs> we record. Yeah, we record Tuesday nights at nine. The podcast usually comes out on Thursdays, and you can find it on all your podcatchers. We're almost at the end of that series now, so. Um, but we've done the whole series and doing the, been doing the movies in between, and it's been a lot of fun because we're both big Highlander fans. So we came together and we're like, yeah, we could do this. So, recapping every episode, and it's been really fun. Nice, nice. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, you can email us at holdapod at gmail .com. And then, as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Dear God, I fake the maker. 